This is Rob Scott, and you're experiencing Fundamental Shift from BackToBreath.com. Hello and welcome everyone. This is Rob Scott. I am doing a talk today called Turning uh, Subject into Object. And this is both a concept that we're going to need to learn and also a practice that we can do. And it's actually almost exactly what meditation really is about or parts of meditation are are about. Um, To get into what subjective experience and objective experience are, we're going to need to define some perspectives here. And um, we'll go through some of that and we'll talk about what this actual sort of shift in attention is about and what's it worth and all that kind of stuff. So thank you so much for checking in today. Let's get started. We're going to begin with uh, defining uh, a subjective experience and an objective experience. Thanks. I first heard the term turning subject into object in uh, used in integral theory and it's really a great way to describe uh, part of meditation and one of the big things that integral theory has to offer is this sort of explanation of perspectives and inner and outer uh, and singular and plural sort of quadrants and you know that is the high-level beginning of uh, what might be called an equal map Uh, but to not get too integral here I'm not I'm not trying to discuss integral theory directly I really want to stay with uh, the concept of turning the subjective experience into an objective experience and where that begins is discussing inner and outer and the subject of any kind of idea is the I. It's the it's the internal you experience of something, and an objectified idea is something that's outside of you. So, uh, the table that you may be sitting at, or uh, the doorway that you're talking about, or someone else in the room, would all be objects within your awareness. And your subjective stance on things is the you uh, that's you know experiencing these things. And so. The different things that you identify with, the thing that you say you are, is your subjective experience. And everything that you don't identify with directly is an object in your awareness. So that's the sort of literal definition of subjective experience and objective experience. What's interesting there, though, is on that internal level of who you are, you can also objectify things that arise, and you don't have to disidentify totally with them. An example of that might be the fact that you have an arm, but you're not your arm. So you're aware that your body is you on some level, but it's also objectified to a certain extent. And I've brought that up in past talks as well, Um, these sort of levels of identification within self. So how does this relate and how is this useful, this sort of subjective part of our awareness and this objective part of our awareness? Well, as we work on mindfulness, Uh, It may be fair to say that a mindful experience, if we were to sit and meditate and have the experience of, you know, a warm feeling in our stomach, let's say, and we're just focused on that, that is a subjective experience of what's going on for us, and we're cultivating a subjective experience. Awareness, as I'm going to define it, and I'm not sure anyone in the integral community would use this word this way, they've often equated awareness uh, with that mindfulness idea, But um, I've done a talk in the past called Mindfulness, Awareness, and Disconnect. Awareness is really sort of stepping back away from that subjective experience and being aware of it, 
but also being aware of um, what's outside your scope of identity, excuse me, your scope of identification. So awareness is really the practice of objectifying, um, you know, your experience, whereas mindfulness is a subjective experience. A literal example of objectifying a subjective experience would be sort of getting lost in anger. Let's imagine that you become very, very angry and you are that anger. While you're fully identified with that anger, you're not as large as you could be because you don't, that's all you are. It sort of consumes you. And so you become actually very small. You become only your anger. If you objectify it, if you take that subjective feeling of anger, right, which might be hot, it might be thoughts that are flying, it might be all these things that's the full experience of that anger for you, and you objectify it by asking a question, you know, what am I angry about, or what is this anger, right, anything like that that you literally do, you've just immediately objectified your subjective experience. You've stepped back away from your experience of what's going on, and there's a different you there now. There's a you that's kind of the watcher that wants to know what's going on. And so you've objectified what was your subjective experience of anger. And you've made the subject the object. So right there I clearly stated, I hope it was clear, I, I stated at least, uh, an example of turning anger from a subjective, subjective experience into an objective experience. You've backed up to look at it. You've become inquisitive about it. And why that makes you bigger is that you now have the option to allow for what might not be anger to enter. You have the option for, uh, you know, different emotions and all that. Now, we haven't disidentified completely. We haven't pushed this anger away to where it's not us, right? It's still an internal association. I know I'm angry, but I'm not only angry. I have the opportunity to be other things as well. So this can happen uh, with thoughts as well, as we're caught in thoughts, um, you know, we realize that we're not aware of uh, what we feel like, and immediately we've objectified whatever thought's going on. And so we're not lost in it anymore. We've sort of stepped back from it, and it becomes an object of our awareness. It becomes objectified. So that's a very important practice, backing up from these things, and it's really how we can sort of meditate all day long or bring that awareness, that aspect that's so important, becoming aware of what we're doing uh, to our daily lives. And, you know, it's just, it's just of paramount importance that we start to learn to do that for ourselves. So another thing that I want to mention about this is that when we're in that subjective experience, truly, we can't see where we are. We're lost in it. And it's kind of like a fish swimming in water, meaning that it probably can't see the water. It can see the things in the water, but the water is its full existence, so it really can't see it. And so we can't see the subject. We are the subject. And your answer to that may be, you know, but Rob, I see myself get mad all the time. And that's true on a couple levels. One level is that on, on some degree, we flip without even trying to between the subjective and subjective experience all the time. We get really angry. We're lost in it. We want to throw the punch. And then we realize, yeah, I'm really angry, right? And then there's sort of a little, a little tug between that subjective and objective experience. We want to become aware, you know, you make me so angry is becoming aware of your own anger, right? You're not lost in it in that moment, but you may gravitate fully back to being lost in it again. So the practice of objectifying it is something that we naturally do on some level all the time because we are on some level aware of what we're doing, unless we're totally, totally lost in it. But 
The other thing is that as we talk about it in memory, we objectify it a bit because now you remember being lost in it and it's been objectified in this experience. That's a little deeper and a little weird, but um, as we talk about past events, they're objectified in time, right? They've moved away from a, object, excuse me, a subjective experience to an objective experience out in time that we're looking at. So anything that is separate from you that we're able to look at is an objectified experience. And, you know, one big question that this begs is, who is the self that backs up away from the subject? And it's really the age-old question, you know, who is that self? This has been from, you know, every meditative uh, or, you know, great spiritual tradition there's ever been has sort of asked, you know, who is the self? And... I've sort of talked about the self as a very egoic state of mind, one of separation and self, right? And we're now talking about separating from our understanding, and so that might get confusing about what we mean by separate. But this, you know, what self is it? It, it really depends on who's talking, because in Indian traditions, the self is this sort of oneness that we're trying to get back to. And in some of the things that I talk about, self is this ego that's not at all that that self of oneness, right? So it just depends on who's talking, and we can completely get lost in words very quickly. Uh, but to equate this to what we learn through mindfulness and awareness practices, through meditating and whatnot, the practice of mindfulness is really a subjective experience. It's sitting down and diving into the feeling of what you are. And then from that, awareness is born, because you start to see, sometimes on my thoughts, sometimes on my feelings, sometimes on my emotions, uh, sometimes the spiritual experiences come up really deeply. And so that thing that's behind, that self that's behind it all, is the, uh, is the pure awareness of, of being. And that's the thing that's capable of objectifying all those smaller experiences and putting them into some type of context and some type of experiential understanding and you know, really where wisdom is born from. So when you're angry, when you're identified with that, you're really smaller. When you're aware of your anger, you've objectified it, but not disassociated from it, but you've just objectified it within your field of understanding of who you are, and you've become a little larger. You are the anger, but you're also potentially the solution. So again, how do we make the subject the object? We use introspection, and we cultivate awareness. Just the desire to see what you are brings this objectivity to it. It brings this you know, what am I right now? That question brings the objectivity. We see what we are, and this is the practice of meditation. What is arising for me in this moment? You know, what is in my field of awareness right now? And we can make a practice of this where we sit down and do it for 10 minutes a day, or we can do it when we realize we're unhappy, or we can do it when it occurs to us. We're doing it on some level already. But this is just bringing, hopefully, some understanding to, you know, what goes on with, um, you know, turning the subject into object. Just the simple action of making the subject the object will allow space for us to change. So it's a very important thing for us to learn to do. That is pretty much my talk for today. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your time, and be kind to yourself and everybody else. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.